Oh, yeah. Feel that energy. It's a whole new year. We are back in studio, but tonight we're actually taking another look back at the wild and chaotic year of comedy that was 2018, along with some of our highest highs and lowest lows right here in the studio. I'm Dean Young, along with our producer Vince Tedesco, and we're taking you Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Dean Young. Welcome to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And I'm in studio with the one and only Vince Tedesco. What is up? How we doing? Our producer who keeps it all locked and loaded, keeps it all together. Keeps yeah. me together. Yeah, keep it uh, Really? Keep it together. Keep it together. Keep We're together. all set <laughs> for another year. Who knows what's going to happen in comedy in 2019 who, or in this studio. What will unravel? Month by month? Minute by minute? Day by day? I feel, you know, this is the first year we've ever uh, we've ever done a two-parter looking back yeah. on, on the previous year. I feel like because 2018 was pretty loaded in the world of comedy. Yeah, there was a lot that happened. In like the that. world of showbiz, but how, how for us on this show, too. Show. You, you can't. There was too much stuff. There was too much stuff. There's a lot of highlights I want to go over from uh, 2018 in comedy. Some of the stuff we got to get out and see live mm-hmm. uh, from the festivals. Uh, Vince, you went and checked out a couple of shows in Montreal. You went to the Bad Boys of Italian Comedy Tour. That's right, yes. I, kinda... was, I was made. I was officially honored into the... Uh, comedy mafia in Montreal. Yeah, you got like the Henry Hill treatment there, like brought in through the back room of the Copa and like oh, yeah, minted totally, yeah. by these guys. I wasn't like, I'm too much of a bungee cake for that. <laughs> I don't get invites to those kind of things. Uh, but we had those guys in studio, of course, and you you made it down to Just for Laughs in Montreal. Always love going to Just for Laughs in Montreal, of course. Always the highlight of the year. Uh, I checked out a bunch of stuff at JFL 42 here in Toronto, which was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, and a lot of, uh, this year, I feel like in particular, there were a lot of stand-up specials that kind of were like water cooler conversation, like the kind of specials that everybody was talking about, like polarizing, sort of culturally changing things. Because, I mean, you know, we've talked on this show before about how Netflix kind of made stand-up a popular thing again. It made it cool again. But it's oversaturated in a way, too, because, I mean, everybody and their dog has, like, a Netflix special now. Well, you know? yeah, that's a, they really doubled down on their comedy division. That they it, really it was, did. It was very prominent in Montreal when they had a huge Netflix party and everything was about comedy. But the thing is that, that everybody has a special, so how special could it be? That And the interesting thing, and Frank Spinone was talking about this this past year when he was in studio with right. us, is, like, you know, the, the Netflix thing is great because over the past decade it kind of brought stand up into the limelight again and made it cool and made it people interested in it again but now there's so much of it right are and tim steves was talking about this too it's like uh, there's so much of it it's like are people coming out to live shows though or are you just sitting at home if you get a gold ticket and you get a gold ticket and you get a gold ticket and then everybody's got gold tickets yeah but it's those ones that really stand out um, the the specials that like, did, but did you see this guy's or this girl's special? Like, wow. Yeah, yeah, and it's, I mean, in Canada, it's tricky because you know a lot of Canadian comics do have their own Netflix specials in the past couple of years, but we also live in a country where weed is now legal. <laughs> so it's like, are you going to just sit at home and watch those? Or are you going to come out and see some live stuff? That's exactly. always the battle for us, right? There you go. It's a good thing too, though, because I mean, people will just kind of browse stuff and watch it on a whim. For Canadian comics, it's a little bit tougher because, you know, we don't have a lot of those sort of household names where people are like, I got to see this person's new special. Mm -hmm. They kind of have to stumble into this stuff by accident. Was there anything that you saw this year that was like a really a standout thing for you? Because a lot of the times, I hate to say it, but a lot of the times these stand-up specials, they're kind of background, right? You might throw them on while you're puttering around your house doing laundry or cooking or something, and it's like 
the odd laugh here and there, but to actually sit down and dedicate yourself to an hour and a half of one of these things. Usually word of mouth is the best sort of advertisement anyone can get. So if someone's yeah. kind of verifying, you got to check out this comic and you got to see this special. Um, the, the two that stick out and I just saw them recently, um, some, there may be naysayers and haters on this guy, but yeah. Adam Sandler had a pretty good stand-up special. That's interesting. And it I was noticed different. it was different, but he got a huge buzz over that special because I mean, you know, he's one of these comics. He hasn't done that in a while. He hasn't right. hit stand-up stage in a while. He hasn't toured in years. I mean, he hasn't had to because he's been, you know, a box office draw. Yeah, for... and the special itself had a, st- a sense of nostalgia to it. And uh... That's what a lot of people were talking about. And it was a lot of people that sort of grew up, you know, listening to those old Adam Sandler records and like right. all the sketch albums and stuff. And they were like, wow, this is like early 90s throwback Sandler again. Sort yeah. of this total nostalgic trip. And of course, the Chris Farley tribute. Of course. You know, everybody was getting all teary-eyed. Almost welled up, yeah. Right? Yeah, it was one of those things for sure. There's a couple other specials that I want to get into that everybody was talking about, and a couple of them, one in particular, listeners probably already know where I'm going with this, but one in particular was kind of polarizing to the point where people were arguing, is this a stand-up special or is this a TED Talk? So we'll, we'll get into that after the break. More of the year in review with our man Vince Tedesco right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And now a clip from Mark Breslin's December 9th visit to Inside Jokes. And we are in studio with Mark Breslin, the founder of Yuck Yucks Comedy Clubs and recipient of the Order of Canada. No small tip of the hat there, right? Mm, yeah. Do you and think that's our humbleness, too, as Canadians? Is that our attitude? Well, I hate humility. Yeah. You know, I don't see what humility has ever done for anybody. And I'm, I say that humbly. Yeah. <laughs> we are a very talented country. We are very talented at the things we do. There's no shortage of genius in this land of ours. But we're not very good at saying, there's no shortage of genius at this land of ours, and just look at me! That's right. And we don't have that. We have the Globe and Mail and the arts. That's right. We have Stratford. We do. We have that talent, that genius with modesty attached to it. I worked for Fox when they were just getting going back in the 80s, and I had two assistants. One of them was responsible for getting me my tea, Yeah. and the other one was responsible for getting my coffee. (laughs) Seriously. That's how you know you've arrived? That's how you know you've arrived. That's what they do. They have no problem with excess. The Americans love quantity. Yeah. They understand quantity. We don't understand quantity. We still look for simple quality. But quantity is part of show business. It's razzle-dazzle. Yeah. It's Bob Fosse. It's shaking those big hands. And we don't like to do that. I always thought Canada would be a little bit of a better country if it could be a little bit more like the United States. And the United States would be a better country if it could be a little bit more like Canada. Okay. If we met somewhere in the middle where, you know, Canada wouldn't be so afraid of risk, for instance. It's yeah. a risk-averse country. And the United States is a, you know, manners-averse country. It would be nice if they could <laughs> if they learn some. how to do that. We'll be right back. On Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Simon Rakoff, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to our 2018 Year in Review, Part 2, right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Uh, For fans of comedy, of course, it was a very interesting year in the world of stand-up. Not just because of the, you know, scandals and chaos and new talent explosions that happen in stand-up in itself, but the fact that, you know, comedy's job is to reflect what's happening in the world around us. And uh, it was a pretty messed up year, Vince Tedesco, right? I mean, Yes, yeah, yeah. Just was... <laughs> a lot of social change, 
And not at the same time, you know? Well, if anything, comedy is the massive spotlight that it's going to put on any situation. So and there you go. It feels like such a crazy, you know, almost like bipolar time this past year where it's like, in, over here you have... Bipolar like, was a big issue that came up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kanye. <laughs> Kanye popularized that, if yeah. there is such a thing. But it was so weird. It was like, over Funny here and that, yeah. on one side, it's like you have the Me Too movement and you have all of this sort of like... There was a lot of movements that came out. And leaps and bounds are happening. But then on the... Then you also had the complete opposite of that, which is like we're going back to the Stone Age in some way, where it's like, wait, there's Nazi rallies again? Like this is an Indiana Jones movie? Like what? It was. What's it's happening? Crazy. It's crazy that uh, we actually live in an era that this can all happen in the span of 12 months, right? But- in in the same breath, like in the <laughs> yeah. same 24-hour news cycle. So I mean, for considering the fact that the whole basis of comedy is just throwing a mirror up against this stuff and reflecting it. It's kind of like comedy was kind of all over the map this year because it's like, what, what do we, how do we even catch up with this stuff? What do we even say about this stuff? Um, and it's, bef- it's one of the only true art forms that can act like music does it. Yes. It can reflect the times that it's in, but I mean, comedy, there's so many with the vast of so many comedians with so many outlooks on life and how everything is shaped in the world. What better way than comedy can you go to kind of relieve yourself from all this craziness? And that's the whole that's happening. That's the whole art behind it, right? right? It's like you know, anytime something huge or tragic or scary happens in the world, the first people to come out and go, "We have to talk about this," is the comics, right? You know, I mean, I'm even going way, way back to when the week that nine eleven happened. You know, and SNL came back on the air and Lauren Michaels came out and they had Rudy Giuliani was the mayor at the time and he came out and Lauren Michaels was like, is it okay to laugh now? And Rudy kind of like gave him this blessing. Yeah. Because especially as New Yorkers, that was their job to like, we, this is the elephant in the room and just happened. The first thing we have to do is talk about this and sort of not, you're not making light of it, but you're, yeah. you're taking the fear out of it and the power out of it by sort of making satire about it. Of course. Of course. Nothing know. as massive as the 9-11 happened within 2018. <laughs> no. But we had little hiccups throughout the, the course of the year, of course. Yeah. And, and yeah, comedy reflects its... it's like I said, it shines a light on that, uh, on that I situation. I mean, not as ma- no one died per se, but I do feel like maybe... No, people died, Dean. Come well, on, people man. died. <laughs> people the whole bu- year. Scott, I mean, in we... In memorandum. Nope, none. We no. had experience <laughs> with that ourselves. We're going to talk about that. But I mean, in in terms of, you know... Maybe people, <laughs> years from now, people will look back at the Trump presidency and go, that was like one big, long 9-11. Yeah, Who knows? If, it wasn't, I don't know. if it wasn't Trump, it was the movements. If it wasn't the movements, it was yeah. the rallies. If it wasn't the rallies, it was, yeah. you know, don't you eat know. romaine lettuce for crazy. Self-respect died. Isn't that the crazy? Yeah. yeah. Our See, dignity all, as yeah. voters it's, died. It's That's all, It's a wide, though. vast of issues we're talking about. Our, <laughs> our entire national you know? culture died. But other than that... Yeah, right, isn't yeah. that weird? Like, the, everything changes on a dime, too. Isn't that crazy? It's yeah. like, yeah, one, there was one week where we, yeah, we were all afraid of lettuce. Yeah. Yeah, lettuce. Don't eat lettuce. It's like, this week, but, are we going to go to Russia? And then last week, it's like, lettuce, though. But yeah, hey. Watch out for that lettuce. Then there's that cookie dough. Watch, then there's that cookie dough. Don't be putting that raw cookie dough in your mouth. There was one special. Guns, still available at Walmart on sale. This and week, by the way, it's <laughs> lettuce, you guys. Come on, what are the odds? Just eat the lettuce, you know? I bleeped myself there, getting fired up about the lettuce. You know why, Vince? It's because of this Hendrix gin. (laughs) Listeners, I hope you listened to our Christmas special with the Second City. Yes, that was two weeks ago, but we still have Hendrix gin here in studio, and we're still enjoying it. That's the magic of radio. radio We can just pick up where we left off, and 
in a whole new year. One special that everybody was talking about, though, I mentioned this before the break. Yeah. Uh, so it was a Netflix special that came out by a comedian named Hannah Gadsby, and it was called Nanette. Mm. Um, <laughs> and that was probably actually, even including the Sandler special, Nanette was arguably the most stand-up uh, talked about special this year. But the big conversation that was happening was a lot of people in the comedy world going, well, is this a spe- is this a stand-up special, though? Does this count? Um, and uh, did you see it, Vince? I did not, but I heard, like, when you start hearing rumblings about something, yeah. that, you know, it's, if it's not going to entice me, then why am I going to, again, spend the time to watch it? It's interesting. A lot of people were telling me, you have to watch this, you have to watch It's like a PSA that you're supposed to watch in <clears> school <throat> or something. And it was interesting because it's like... You know, there's elements of comedy there, and it was sort of billed and packaged as a stand-up special, but a lot of it was very message-focused. It did feel, to me, it felt a lot like a TED Talk, like a lecture. So that was sort of people going... Are we are we going in a different direction with stand-up now? Are we sort of losing sight of what what this whole thing is originally supposed to be? Like, is there too much message sometimes? I think that, like, again... Too much lecture. It's got to be the spotlight on the issue, but it, it's still going to be comedy. It's it, it has to be. I mean, that's why you left your house to come out and sit your butt in a seat and pay for a drink and stand up or, and, and watch a stand-up kind of express their views on whatever it is that's going on in the world, but in the end... If you're not laughing, it's not really comedy. Well, and that's something I want to touch on after the break, too, because we kind of branched out into different mediums ourselves with uh, the guests that we had in studio this year. And even the festivals are changing their lineups quite a bit and changing their programming quite a bit. And it's sort of much more loosely defined thing now. So there's some stuff I want to get into. The definition of comedy itself is going through some changes, but I mean. It totally is. Yeah. Yeah. It's different times, man. It's 2019 now? Yeah, we have no idea what the hell's going to happen. Lots happening in a week. But we're going to talk more about 2018 <laughs> right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And now, a clip from Nick DiPaolo's November 25th visit to Inside Jokes. An exclusive interview with a legend. 30 years in the stand-up industry, from acclaims like the Chris Rock Show to Tough Crowd, the Comedy Central Roasts, USO Tours, Letterman. Stern, and now his very own show streaming every Monday night, The Nick DiPaolo Show. Well, Nick, thank you so much for, for your time today. You got it. Thank you. I see myself as a, a, a demographic that a lot of the Democrats in the United States want to get rid of, a white guy in his 50s. So apparently I'm the devil. Yeah. And I, and I let him have it right back. So, uh, which isn't a greatest showbiz move, but you know, I'm, I'm politically incorrect by nature and, uh, I speak the truth and, uh, anybody gets offended by it. Pretty much. If you're a fan of Nick DiPaolo, it's no holds barred when you get on stage. We'll be right back on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hi, this is Natalie Metcalf and you're listening to 640 Radio in Toronto with Global News today. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're taking another look back at the strange and surreal year in comedy on and off stage. Really. Yes, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> that was 2018. Uh, before the break with Vince Tedesco, our producer, we were talking about um, some of the stand-up specials that were the most talked about this year and mm-hmm. how 
sort of the the art form or at least the way the media is portraying it has gone undergone some kind of drastic changes this past year yeah um, as we just said like the, the definition of comedy is, is going the de- bit of definition a, of comedy i mean we have so many specials being flooded out onto netflix it's almost like you know 10 years ago podcasting was the thing that blew up comedy again right you know and and all of a sudden everybody had a podcast and all these comics who kind of were out of the limelight for a few years all of a sudden were household names again because of their podcasting oh yeah you know and netflix specials kind of started to do the same thing so we were talking about the special uh nanette that was a lot there was a lot of conversation about well is this really does this count as a stand-up special but even live shows at some of the festival shows that we saw you know, there, there's a lot of things now where they're booking, they'll book like household names. So people who are actors in comedy movies, uh, people who have written TV shows, they'll bill them as sort of these headlining stand-up comics. It's, it's but it's not really what you're going out and watching. Yeah, it's what's being welcomed into the stand-up stage. And it, there's it a, is. Lot, a lot of other, uh, like you said, actors and other people from other professions that are kind of can touch on it, but can they carry it? Yeah, and it's or, kind or of... what is carrying them? Is it their name that's carrying them? I think in some cases, totally. Like, it depends on what the audience is expecting to go out and see. Like, a good example I went and saw, and, and this isn't a complaint either, by the way, but at JFL 42 this past year, I went and saw Ken Jeong. So people know Ken Jeong, of course, uh, from Community. Um, the Hangover The films. Hangover. He was, uh, what was the name? Leslie Chow, the, the mobster on the Hangover movies. Yeah. That was sort of his big break. <clears throat> and he's great. He's been in tons of Judd Apatow movies. Like, he's... If he's not a household name, he's certainly a household face. Everybody yeah, recognizes him. You would him. recognize who you would, it is. You would recognize who it is. So tons of comedy movies, the biggest comedy movies really over the last decade or so. I went and saw his headlining show at yeah. JFL 42. How did that translate into stand-up? He, he, right from the get-go, he talked about the fact that, look, I haven't done stand-up on a stage since like 15 years ago in LA because now I'm just in movies and TV shows. That was how I cut my teeth, but now I'm just acting stuff. And a lot of it, honestly, was not that it wasn't enjoyable, but a lot of it was really him kind of, he'd pepper in the odd joke about whatever's going on in his life with his wife More and More storytelling then. All kind of like, and this one time I was on set with Bradley Cooper and here's what happened. So it was like stories about behind the scenes of these movies and TV shows and like what his life is like as a, you know, successful comedic actor now. Now here's a little tidbit for the people listening, for you fine listeners, who may not be in the stand-up community, but someone like Ken Jeong or, or another actor who may grace the stage, a.k.a. Uh, Jeremy Piven's doing that right now. Yep, yep. Uh, doing stand-up special. In order to get them stand-up ready, they actually have a team of stand-up comics. Prepping them. Prepping them and writing yep. their material, and this is how you should flow on stage. So then when it's showtime, it's not really a stand-up set. It's, what's my line? Yeah. And it's, yeah. you're acting again. And that's where the true talent... I'm a traditionalist. I love stand-up comedy. I love somebody who puts in the hustle, the hard work, times out a bit, goes out there and speaks their point of view. Storytelling is another form of stand-up comedy, but, I mean, with a lot of people who are... And again, I love the festivals for hiring them and bringing them on, but it's name recognition. Yeah. And, and it's getting the crowds and, and, and a draw out to the night, and I understand that completely, but... Not my take. Not my take on stand-up. Well, that's the interesting thing because we ourselves we branched out into that a little bit on this show this year. I mean, you know, we're kind of like we're not just sitting down with stand-up comics in studio. We had a lot of improv people rolling through the studio this yeah. year. Tons well, of sketch. I mean, we always have friends from Second City coming in, for example, Bad Dog course. Theater. Uh, but even beyond that, I mean, we've had 
social media comics come yeah. into the studio. And that's an entirely new that that's still up in the air because stand ups are kind of the most, you know, purist about it. They'll be like, Well, nothing is comedy except for stand up comedy. And we you get know? that one hundred percent. But what makes you laugh is what makes you laugh and you gotta kind of embrace it all. That's the thing. And there's you know, we we've had people in this studio this year who they're they're still kind of green at stand up maybe, but they also have hundred thousand followers on their social media platforms and they're just making these like you know it started with things like vine and snapchat and they're just throwing these videos out there and they have an entire legion of fans without ever having even stepped on stage and people are still arguing well does that count though is that i mean at the end of the day the definition of comedy is changing dean <laughs> yeah if people are watching it and they're laughing yeah that makes you, that you're a comic even I if know. you have a youtube channel instead of a live show right yeah so, Not I mean, to sound like a hypocrite, but if you know, if Ken Jong ever wanted to do the inside jokes, I mean, yeah, we wouldn't say no. <laughs> oh, that'd be a good way to start the year. It's yeah. 2019 now, Ken. Hit us up. Yeah, cause. Uh, and actually, we do have more of that kind of stuff coming up, so we'll touch on that after the break. We'll be back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and now a clip from Kevin McDonald's May 13th visit to Inside Jokes. <laughs> I couldn't think of a joke. Well, I, I do have advice because uh, I teach workshops and, I, and people ask me for, for advice. And I say, um, I can't give them business advice. First of all, the business model I know is back from 1988, so it's different. <laughs> so I would be wrong. And, but even in 1988, I wouldn't give business because it would be, be bad. Get a resume. So uh, my only advice is whatever it is that you're doing, if it's stand-up, do it all the time. If it's sketches, write sketches all the time. Be ready. I feel that a person gets a lucky break once or twice a year, but it's invisible to you if you're not ready. And I think the kids in the hall, we'd worked really hard the year before we were uh, quote-unquote discovered. I made a funny face when I said discovered. <laughs> um, uh, so um, um, we were ready. We were completely ready. when we, And then we got good luck that we did our best of kids in the hall show at a theater called Tarragon. And we got good reviews exactly when Lauren Michaels was looking for people. Wow. That week, and uh, so I believe uh, if you work all the time and you're ready, uh, your lucky break will not be invisible. To you. We'll be right back on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio, six forty, Toronto. Hola, this is Marta Chavez, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio, six forty, Toronto. I just want to pick up a second language. That's what I. I can do it in Italian. Mom, do it in Italian. <laughs> oh yeah, what is this again? Something cento quaranta. That's it. No, se cento quaranta. Se cento quaranta. Cento is, is hundred. Quaranta oh, okay. is forty. Yeah. So, so se cento six hundred and forty. Good to go. News radio. I'll come cento. back with that. Wrong. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio. Se cento quaranta. Se cento quaranta. Right? Boydin. Bravo. Bravissimo. I got Italian lessons this past year. Failed yeah. horribly. Uh, well, you know. Uh, yeah, but we were talking about with Vince Tedesco, our producer. So we were talking about, uh, before the break, about how sort of, you know, the comedy world and the festivals especially are opening up and the definition of what is, quote unquote, a live comedy show was changing. And a lot of these social media stars were kind of like hitting the stage and being booked at festivals. And we've had them in studio as and well. And we've had we them know. in studio. We and we have, him. I mean, coming up over the next couple of weeks, we have people who are, we have a meme show coming up. Yeah, where, comedy, people who conduct and construct comedy memes, yeah. And that's a whole thing. I mean, you get sponsorships, you get a fan base, you get an audience that sort of follows you around. Like, I, you, you got me to watch this documentary called The American Meme. Very good documentary, Very by the recently, way. Yeah. right? Yeah. It was interesting. You had a couple of people on there that are famous completely for that. The Fat Jewish is a good example. He's yep. completely famous for being online. Also, at one point, for stealing comedians' jokes, but I feel like he paid his penance for that at the time. <laughs> but he has this entire career and wealth and fame... All off of doing memes and all off of doing social media posts. 
So it's uh, kind of an open argument where it's like, does this count? I mean, at the end of the day, the audience decides, right? It's good and bad in both ways, but it's in, in, in a comedy perspective, it's become very lazy because you don't have to leave your bedroom now to get a laugh in the morning. First thing you do, you pick up the yeah. phone, you get another chuckle or two. Well, and that's the thing. And of course, you know, out of everybody stand-ups are the purists, right? Of course. And they've always been like that towards sketch and improv people, too, to a degree. It's like, well, fine, you do your little yes-end game, but we're the jazz musicians over here. Of you course, know. but Russell Peters wouldn't be where he is right now if it wasn't for his bit that circulated all over YouTube. Absolutely. And Sebastian I mean, Maniscalco could say the same thing. And how many stand-ups, known stand-ups, have sat in this chair over the past year and and said, you know what, uh, I, everybody's career would be better if they went out and did some improv classes, because it sort of changes your viewpoint. It opens you up. It just tears down these walls that you might have, have exactly. up otherwise. And I know stand-ups refrain from actually putting their content online because if you could see it online, then why would you go see it live? And you know what? Sarah Silverman uh, a little while ago had a, a great quote about that. She was saying, you know, somebody was asking her about YouTube channels and stuff like that, like people who have their own YouTube channels. She goes, it's great because you can create content, put it out there. Like, I'm not going to speak out against that. That is a positive. But it changed stand-up in the sense that that sort of magic of being in the moment is gone because 15 years ago, if you were at Largo and you saw somebody do this sort of landmark career making set, that was it. That only happened in that moment. And if you were lucky enough to be in that audience, it was like, wow, I caught a piece of that. I was there. That was a moment in time. Whereas now some comic, some known comic goes out to a club to work on some new material. They got their notebook up on stage with them. There's somebody in the back of the room, no matter what, filming that on their phone and that new joke just hits the internet the second it's being said for the first time. There's no magic of sort of honing and polishing this thing in front of different audiences until it becomes special worthy or until it hits a festival. It just gets out there from birth. You're getting exposure. You're getting exposed. <laughs> they don't even get to hose the placenta <laughs> off the joke anymore. Yeah, but you're getting It just exposure. rolls right out into the, yeah, hits the get, floor. And that joke may change five or six times before you actually... Tape your, you know, you know, golden ticket Netflix special. Totally. Right? That's the thing. So, I mean, it's kind of a, it's one of those things, much like a lot that has gone in the world this year, where it's sort of a plus and a, and a minus yeah. at the same time. But it's change, and it's change that you can't stop, right? You know, during the whole election of 2016, they were talking about drain the swamp. Drain, and the swamp was Washington. That was Trump's whole thing. Turns out that the swamp was actually Hollywood, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, because we know already what politics are. Forget that. Everybody in showbiz, it's like Hollywood was the real swamp. It's like everybody and everybody's dog was being like pulled into the light and going, this person did this, this person did that. It's like Weinstein's gone, Kevin Spacey's gone. And in comedy, we weren't immune to it either. And I mean, I know as a stand-up, I've seen not that level of things, but I've certainly seen, you know, a million shady bookers over the years who are like, and audience members and just environments where female comics you know, the second they get up on stage and talk about anything even loosely related to sex, all of a sudden it's like, all right, all bets are off, fair game. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not the same. I never had to deal with that because I'm a white dude. I was going to say white straight dude, but nope, that was 2017. <laughs> you know, for me, all I ever had to worry about in stand-up was not bombing. That was really yeah. it. Get to the show, don't bomb, and then leave. The perspective has changed immensely. It really has. So, I mean, the Me Too thing carried over drastically into stand-up and not just on a Hollywood level, but I mean, right down through the grassroots here in Toronto where we tape this show, our, our stand-up scene, like yeah. a lot of the culture and climate has changed there too because it has to. But there were, of course, some huge household names in the stand-up world 
that were brought into focus on that. Uh, so I want to get into a bit of what the repercussions are on that and what some of the biggest stories were. We'll come back with another look back at 2018 right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And now some clips from Greg Proop's September 23rd visit to Inside Jokes. You most likely won't remember this, but technically you have been on this show once before. It was a couple of years ago at the Hyatt in Montreal for Just for Laughs, and Sandra Carusi, the creator of this show, dragged you and I into a Facebook Live booth. I do remember it. I you remember do remember that. Booth. It was close. It was intimate. You made me sit on your lap, but everything turned out okay. <laughs> mushroom and anything awful. Right? Well, it was a memorable, that's good. It was a memorable experience. So now we have, you're at a much more comfortable distance, at least. You're on a telephone somewhere in a faraway place, but you are coming back to Toronto for JFL 42. And, uh, you know, most of our listeners, of course, you're most recognizable from from your appearances on Whose Line Is It Anyway? And, of course, now you have the Smartest Man in the World podcast. When you have white supremacists, neo-Nazis, homophobes taking over the American government, we're in a bad situation. Now, yeah. of course, you've got your own issues in Ontario because you've got Doug Ford. But, really, his theories come down to, like, what is it he wants, a buck of beer? Which is <laughs> a political theory, yeah. by the way. It's something your drunk uncle says to you at the Dominion Day barbecue. So um, It is, and, it's, and he got him elected that's what it was it was it was a dollar a beer it's such a cliche that we're living up to as canadians right now really right what if he said hockey night was five dollars or something then it would have been an even bigger round well that's the thing he'd be prime uh, minister yeah right then he'd be PM. greg proops thanks again so much for joining us hey dean it's a pleasure i hope we get stuffed in a booth together in a hotel we- again in toronto <laughs> we'll be right back on inside jokes global news radio 640 toronto Hey, this is Kenny Robinson, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Taking a look back at 2018, which was a colorful mixed bang of a year, <laughs> you know. For us in studio, too, of course, Vince, There's, you know, we got some memories to look back on later on, but we were talking about some of the scandal and controversy yes. that swept the comedy world. A big one that we actually never really discussed, we kind of just glossed over it a little bit on this yep. show. Not intentionally, but it just wasn't something that was on the radar for guests that we had in studio, I suppose. It wasn't the right opportunity to bring it wasn't it the right opportunity, and also, it was being covered. Uh, but Bill Cosby, of course, uh, this has been going on for the last couple of years, but in 2018, Bill Cosby was finally sentenced and mm-hmm. sent to prison. Um, and, and I'm curious though, and I've talked to a lot of comics about this. I've talked to a lot of media people about this. You know, Bill Cosby is a comic who generations grew up watching. I mean, I grew up watching Cosby. You know, like in the six in the seventies, it was people would would listen to his stand up albums on vinyl, and Cosby was like one of the household favorite stand ups. And then for me, growing up in the eighties and the early nineties, it was like you'd watch the Cosby Show. That was like the big yeah. sitcom that, and it was all about family values and he would give these like funny heartfelt lessons to his kids and now you look back on that and go like jesus this guy in the cardigan the whole time was like drugging people you know so what are the rules on that i mean it's such a tricky thing like obviously all of his content was pulled by every possible network every possible provider of course but as fans of somebody on that level how do you like how do you reconcile that with the nostalgia for the art? You know, that's such a tricky thing. Like, how do you retroactively unlisten to all that material and, and unfollow all that stuff? I, I fit in that category exactly because, again, I grew up uh, watching Bill Cosby. One of Bill Cosby's funniest stand-ups uh, was a special called Bill Cosby Himself, filmed right here in Toronto, yeah. I believe at Roy Thompson Hall. Um, 
And yeah, it's you almost and the way I I guess my psyche treats it is that kind of that family member you have that nobody really talks about because you know they don't come over for Christmas anymore. Yeah, we yeah. don't see them at this time of year. But he, you still you know you know them, but we just don't associate with them anymore because of insert a thing happened. Yeah, a yeah. thing happened. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I kind of feel. Yeah, I grew up on Cosby. Yeah, I love Cosby, but. You can't, the, like, the good's got to outweigh the bad, and the bad's got to outweigh the good. And here, his bad totally outweighed his good. Yeah. And you kind of got to take a step back and go, mm, okay. I, I, I get it. I appreciated it at the time, but. Yeah, that's you, the thing. You can't, you like. You can't come over for Thanksgiving anymore. Yeah, I'm sorry. it's true. <laughs> the, the one that I thought was pretty ridiculous, and of course, it's it's a different thing. It's unrelated. It wasn't, you know, an assault thing or anything, but. Kevin Hart was, of course, uh, slated to host the Oscars this year. Right. They pulled him from the broadcast. They canceled him as host because of some tweets he had. Mm -hmm. There's literally a president in the White House right now, still in 2019, who's on tape talking about sexually assaulting women. And they're like, yeah, it's locker room talk. He did that and said it on tape. This was a guy who's fired from a TV show because he had like a Mm. dumb joke on Twitter 10 years ago. He didn't physically harm anyone. He didn't, you know. Hosting a TV show. Hosting a TV show. Show yeah. yeah, like it's like the parallels of that are insane, and I mean I think the race angle wasn't missed either. Um, who was it? it? Was Nick Cannon went on Twitter right away and just posted a bunch of examples of very similar jokes from like Amy Schumer, Sarah Silverman, a bunch of like female comics, white comics, just saying the same kind of stuff where they're tossing around the f word too, even like. So it's you know it's uh, interesting. Comedy has a new definition this year. <laughs> comedy and outrage. Yeah have new definitions this year. So I don't know. It's interesting. And I always, I would love to hear from, from some of our actual listeners instead of just comics over like you guys as fans of these people, what do you think about this? Do you think it's blown out of proportion? Do you think that we're, we're kind of like policing it too much? Who knows, you know, and retroactively. I mean, yeah. What? Yeah. No better time than the president. What's, what's the outlook on comedy for 2019? Right. Exactly. I mean, I'm from small town Ontario. God knows if you went back 20 years what I went out for Halloween as sometime. Who even knows? I don't have... Luckily, I'm not high profile enough that I could get fired from anything. They don't even know that I'm on this show. What was your most embarrassing Halloween costume? Well, embarrassing... I don't know. I peed a karate uniform one year. I know that. Oh, nice. You know, Ironically, and my teacher's name was Mrs. Lake... She wouldn't let me go to the bathroom, and I wore my karate uniform uh, to school as a Halloween costume because I wanted to save the real one for nighttime. Thank you very much. Gotcha. Uh, wardrobe change. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I peed my karate uniform to Mrs. Lake's class, and I had my yellow belt. I kid you not. Listener, right? That joke wrote go. itself, but it's t- 100% true. Uh, all right. I want to come back with some of our favorite guests from this past year right here on Inside Jokes. And now some clips from Matt Bronger's September 30th visit to Inside Jokes. A comic who you might remember best from his past appearances as a cast member on Mad TV uh, and his time on series such as United States of Terror. But, but of course, more recently, his comedy special, Shovel Fighter. Matt Bronger's on the line. Welcome, Matt. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Toronto's like a big city that doesn't have any attitude about it, which yeah. I love. It knows it's, it's the big one. It knows it's the movers and shakers, but it's not going to shove it in your face. I mean, I love New York, but New Yorkers never let a moment go by without telling you where they're from. Yeah. Or, uh, 
you know, that, the, that it's the greatest city in the world, where you're like, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it, but I have things to do. I'm Toronto. <laughs> I feel like it's, people here use their time really well, and, they, and they, they're just, they like having a good time. They like going out and having some laughs and forgetting about their woes for a while, and they, they value that highly. We'll be right back on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you are listening to Inside Jokes, Pants Optional. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. We are recapping 2018 and a look ahead at some of the stuff coming up in 2019 in comedy and showbiz. And now, a clip from Robin Duke's April 29th visit to Inside Jokes. Welcome, Robin Duke! Thank you. I got a little emotional because this is a big moment for, I think, anybody who likes comedy or who grew up with comedy. But from Saturday Night Live, if you ever watched it, you know who Robin Duke is. Oh, thank you. And of course, Thanks. SCTV as well. Full generation of comics grew up watching that. And yes. Influenced by that. So you're Canadian. I am Canadian. Where? I'm, well, I'm from Etobicoke. If wow. you go on Wikipedia, it says St. Catharines. Yeah, I'm that's not, what it says. Yeah, no, I'm not. And I've tried to change that. If somebody could change that back and keep it there, but I'm not from St. Catharines. So. Were you ever from St. Catharines? <laughs> Never. The okay. only time I went to St. Catharines was, now this is a funny story, I hope. I went to St. Catharines. They called me to do a talk at a library. I drove all the way to St. Catharines, and I go to their library and there's like a handful of people there. But <laughs> they introduced me. And here's Robin, you know, our very own from St. Catharines, oh. Robin Duke. <laughs> and I went, oh, I'm so sorry. No, I'm not from St. Catharines. And the looks on everybody's faces just dropped. Oh, God. And they couldn't get me out of there fast <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's like, darn. They had no interest in listening to me. That's horrible. It was so funny. Ridiculous. It was so painful. She's not from St. Catharines. That's hilarious. Someone yeah. in that crowd really got angry about that and, and knows how to work Wikipedia then. Maybe yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's who's doing you know, it. I'm Dean Young, and I, of course, am in studio with our producer, Vince Tedesco. <laughs> You're doing like some weird turntables thing on the table. Uh, and also, by the way, shout out to our to our engineer, Jules, who keeps this thing on the air and sounding great every week, right? We love you, Jules. We would not have survived 2018 without Jules on the board. Uh, we would just be to, off, to make off air, and we yeah. have tens of listeners who who would <laughs> thank her hey? for keeping us on the air. Teens, even we have teens. teens we listeners. are in the dozens of Could fans be, yeah. that that uh, thank Jules for keeping us on the air, and yeah. and God you know the program directors who are like, which what show? I mean, yeah. Last week in our in our year in review part one about some of the bigger names, but some other ones we had Mark Breslin. Uh, stood down with us twice this year. Yes. Fantastic. We received the Order of Canada. The Order of Canada, and he is, and he will gladly tell you at length, he is a sort of, you know, polarizing, controversial figure in Canadian comedy. Yes, pull up a Um, chair. But That's the first thing you should say when you say Mark Preston. Pull pull up up a a chair, chair. because he's going to (laughs) go, and... And I loved it though because I listen. He's sort of an old school impresario. He's a PT Barnum he's, type. He's a storyteller. He's and... a storyteller. He's a showman. He's sort of large in life, and he very much believes in the Mark Breslin brand. Yes, but he's built this thing right, and he also he'll tell you that to your face. He'll gladly sit here in, in our radio mic and talk about that at length. He has every right to. You know, the show must go on, and everything's right. respectable. So that was fascinating, actually, to get. You know, this is somebody who's been here since. 
the very beginning of stand-up in Canada. I mean, there were no clubs back then. The only club was him and five friends screwing around in a basement in a church in Toronto. Well, that's it. If you can create something to get to a point where you can have both positive and negative feedback in press, print, journalism, yeah. I mean, you're obviously doing something. And right. one of the biggest you know, comedy brands, not just in Canada, but worldwide, yeah. that has turned out arguably most or at least some of our biggest names in Chris Canadian Rock comedy. Chris Rock makes jokes about yuck yucks. Chris Rock makes jokes about yuck yucks and all of the names that are always thrown around like the Norm Macdonalds, the Jim Carrey's, the Mike Myers, those guys all passed across the yuck yuck stage, and you know. You go. It was a hotbed. So Enough I mean, said, drop the mic Mark Breslin. For our, for our listeners, if you if you did miss either of those Mark Breslin episodes, regardless of what you may think about the man or may think you heard, Go back and listen to those because that yeah. was a great crash course. Do you on guys me. know that? You can go back and listen to our episodes. You can listen to our episodes. Go to Global, stream them all because if you missed them, there were some great people in studio. One of my favorites this year was, <laughs> well, we had Greg Proops back, yep. who's always a ton of fun. I didn't think he remembered, but he, Sandra Carusi got him to sit on my lap one year in Montreal while oh, she interviewed him. So Greg Proops was like giving me a lap dance in this Facebook Live booth. Uh, so he remembered that. Greg was fantastic. One of my favorites, though, um, and of course, Vince, you got a chance to uh, to interview Nick DiPaolo one on one. Yep. Uh, so that was that was one of our bigger moments this year. But one of my personal favorites was Maria Bamford. Um, oh, that interview! <laughs> God bless her soul. I loved that interview so much. Because here's the thing, you know, you you interview enough comics over the years, and you talk to enough of these people and work with them. It's like, okay, the the off stage persona is so divorced from what they are up there. Right. At the most, it's like an extreme version of themselves up there. But when you're talking to them backstage, they're like, yeah, tomorrow I'm in Cleveland and blah, blah, blah. They're just a regular person doing a job. Maria Bamford in person is Maria Bamford on stage, on TV. That's the same person. <laughs> like, she is just wired that way. I remember that. Uh, she, I don't think she could ever conceivably do anything else with her life. She was born to do this and yeah. be this, you know? Pins and needles we were. We were just all just like on <laughs> yeah. air, like just like... She's like, what comes next? And you'd, yeah, and she'd be like, oh, oh gosh, I don't know. We have to think about, this. you know? And it was fascinating because it's like most people you talk to, they're just like, okay, I know I'm on the radio. Let me dial it up here. This is business, blah, blah. And yeah. on to my gig. Maria's just like in the moment, very stream of consciousness. She's living her best life, that woman. Which I loved. I mean, that was like one of my favorite interviews for that reason. Because, you know, a lot of times you don't want the whole back and forth, like question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. Nah, somebody's it's boring plugging, that way. You know? <laughs> I want somebody's actual personality. And like, yeah. man, Maria Bamford, for all of you fans of Maria Bamford, she's one of my favorite stand-ups, so that was a highlight for me. One of my all-time favorites. But She's like, awesome. But there were times in that interview, like, I heard her <laughs> blink. Yeah, because she's just that... The most awkward, extreme version of her on stage is just her. That's how she's wired. And now, a clip from Maria Banford's September 16th visit to Inside Jokes. How are you doing, Maria? Hello. How are you, Dean? I'm, I'm very good. Um, I'm here in Los Angeles where it's always sunny. If you don't like it, please know there's so much other comedy. <laughs> Fair enough. Never watch comedy that you don't enjoy because if there's any more uh, freedoms left in the United States, the last one will be that you can walk out of comedy shows. So don't suffer uh, for the arts if you can uh, help it. <laughs> that's the, that's a good bit of wisdom. So that, Vince, was 2018 in comedy. And, of course, what would this show be? It wouldn't be. It simply wouldn't exist. And what would this year have been? What would we be, Vince? 
without, of course, the one and only Sandra Carusi. Gave us a home, gave us a studio every week. Built this thing, not just for us here in studio, but for the Canadian comedy world as a whole. So, of course, this past year, we said goodbye to our dear friend Sandra Carusi and friend of the show, Franca Kazupi, who also sat in with us every week. This show just would not exist and would not be what it is, right, Vince, without these two ladies? No, no, it would not. Um, I owe a lot to, to Sandra, and Franco was a, a beloved friend of the show and helped Sandra out so much. Um, yeah, that was that was our low point here at Inside Jokes. That but, was the uh, tough part of the year. The redemption in it all is that we're, we're keeping the boat afloat and we're... We're paddling the way. Well, and we know damn well that Sandra's going to keep listening in 2019. Yeah. We always have to keep it exactly what she had in mind. And Sandra, wherever you are out there, thank you once again for giving us this home every week and giving Canadian comics a place to play that just simply did not exist before. That was all you, and we're going to keep it going as best we can in this brand new year. So stay tuned, please, every week to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Love you, Cruiser. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram at InsideJokes640 and on Twitter and Facebook at InsideJokes. Jokes. <laughs>